everybody. This is Alex. Welcome to the Based Brotherhood, and I am joined today by Dr. Invictus. What's going on, man? What's up, brother? Hey, so, um, you know, we've been mutuals for a little while, and I love the things that you post about just, I don't know, kind of your general thought process. And, um, you know, I found out, um, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, that you're actually living in Poland right now. You're of Lebanese descent, is my understanding. Hmm. Um, but living in Poland. And so I really wanted to get you on the show because you're kind of witnessing or you're right next to all the action right now with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, I think you posted some pictures as well as Ukrainian people. And it looks like some other people that are coming into Poland as well that don't look very Ukrainian. And I'm really intrigued to hear what the hell's going on with that. So let's just kind of, let's just kind of start off and um, kind of talk about how you've wound up in Poland. And then we can talk a little bit about how, you know, how your life has been affected and what you're seeing uh, right now in uh, Ukraine's neighboring country. Yeah, well, basically, I'm a, I've been living in Poland since 2018. I moved here from Sweden, which is where I, I'm born and I, was, I lived my whole life. Uh, I'm a medical student here uh, in the northern part of Poland in a city called Gdansk. And, um, yeah, I've been here for four years now and, um, living here, studying here. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and what you said with the whole Ukraine situation, definitely you feel a lot of the, uh, intensity. You can feel it. Yeah. You can feel it. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. Is, is this something that, um, you know, this has all just started over the last week. Is it something that you kind of anticipated or thought could happen, like, let's say, like a month ago or even prior to that, that you have an idea that this was going to turn into um, a, a really tough situation? Or is this something that kind of surprised everybody? I'm going to be honest. I think it I don't know about everybody. I know it surprised me a little bit. I didn't expect it to escalate to the extent which it did that quickly. Mm -hmm. I remember two or three days ago, just waking up, checking my phone and seeing this whole, you know, thing on Twitter and, and all this other shit. Um, am, I allowed to, am I allowed to swear on here? You or? can say whatever the hell you want to say. All right, all right. Um, We've got multiple platforms we can put this on. So let's just, you know, shoot from the hip, you know, yeah. no holds barred. Let's go. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was definitely surprising to me. I know a lot of my friends, a lot of people here who are really into geopolitics and all that other shit, you know, they kind of said, oh, this might be something. Um, people who I've been following and everything have been saying pretty much that it's, it's nothing's going to happen until, until uh, you know, we, we saw what's, what was going on here. And, and you know, Polish people from, from the beginning loved Ukrainians and kind of have a a negative attitude towards Russians, mm -hmm. like a lot of, I'm sure a lot of Eastern Europeans do. Uh, so it was kind of obvious that they would be extreme, extreme uh, to the side of the Ukrainians, you could say, which they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something to like just a displacement of people. I mean, I don't know how many, do you have any idea on how many people, how many Ukrainians have moved into Poland over the last week? I mean, I'd assume it's well in the tens, hundreds of thousands at, at this point. Probably. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, uh, the part where I live is kind of like far up North. It's not that close to the border. Um, I know that we have a lot of, I posted on Twitter today. It was, uh, if any Ukrainian med students wanted to come to Poland, they could transfer and uh like our university was offering them places and everything uh but yeah there's a lot of ukrainians coming into poland right now and and even before this i mean i don't know how many but easily over a million ukrainians were living in poland even before this whole thing It's a huge ukrainian population here yeah you know i don't have a lot of experience with the polish people but every every interaction i've had has been tremendously positive it's very like welcoming, sweet people. We were actually at, uh, my wife and I, who's Lebanese, were at a, um, like a luncheon here in Miami a couple months ago. And they had a, um, <laughs> they were giving away like these, you know, you get like the little lottery ticket and you win a gift basket. And so it was like 42 countries represented, right? I got to tell this story while we're here. Yeah, and so we get our little tickets and we both got called right after the other. This was like the randomest thing ever. And both of the baskets we got were from Poland. 
And so we got like, you know, Polish vodka. We got like these little like cookies and chocolates, as well as some books that are actually behind me um, about the history of Poland. And we got to meet the lady that's, I guess, the Polish ambassador here in Miami. And she was like such a good salesperson for Poland. She's like, you have to go. This is like divine intervention. You guys have to go visit. And it's an amazing country. And I'm like, maybe there's something to this. We need to go visit Poland. But, you know, by and large, it's like very hospitable, welcoming people. And um, thank God that, you know, the Ukrainian people have such a good neighbor right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good country. I've always described Poland as kind of easy like life isn't very heavy here. Um, kind of uh, close. The people are good. Uh, and, you know, coming from, see, I don't know if you know anything about Scandinavian people or, or Scandinavia. Uh, it's very like, how can I say, Polish people are very direct with you. And if they don't like you, they will tell you. If they don't do like you, they'll also tell you. As opposed yeah. to Scandinavian people are a little bit like very polite, extremely polite, which Polish people can be extremely rude if they don't like you. Mm -hmm. uh, but at least they're being themselves. Scandinavians are very like polite, but they will talk about you behind your back if they don't like yeah. you. So they're quietly reserving judgment and they may circulate it amongst each other. And you just kind of like, huh, you just, you know, it's there, but you don't really hear it. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're very extreme, probably the most polite people you'll ever meet in your life, like face to face. Uh, but uh, you, you don't know, you don't know what's being said behind your back uh, with with people from over there. I'm just being honest. Uh, Polish people are yeah. not like that so much. They're they're more like uh, themselves. You could say they're more themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's cool. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the pictures that some of the stuff that you had been posting about some of these refugees or displaced people that are coming from Ukraine that are now finding themselves in Poland. And it doesn't look like um, what you would think to be like your normal Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. It looks like there could be some other peoples that are, you know, kind of finding their way in there. Is that, is that accurate? Are you, I mean, what are you kind of hearing and seeing, um, I've seen those videos of, and I've seen this whole, uh, this whole hashtag Africans in Ukraine. Yeah. What is that about? It's, it's, there was this video that came out. I saw it was on a train, like a bunch of Ukrainians that were boarding a train headed for Poland. Mm -hmm. And they weren't like, they were letting the Ukrainians go before the African immigrants, which I mean, for me, People are, might call me whatever, racist, whatever. I mean, it's it's kind of normal. Like, if you're a Ukrainian person in Ukraine uh, going, escaping something very dangerous, it's obvious that you would get help as a citizen before immigrants. Right. A lot of people are judging that, calling it racist, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of talk about, oh, how are immigrants getting, uh, you know, basically put behind. Kind of mixed in. Citizens, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really curious about that. And if you, you know, I want to, because obviously there's a lot of movement going around and people's getting thrown, you know, there's been a lot of issues with immigration in Europe, but it's like, who are these other people that are being mixed amongst Ukrainians that are maybe, you know, capitalizing on the situation to go into a place like Poland? I, I really am intrigued to learn and want to learn more about that. Uh, yeah, Um most of them are probably, I don't know of any like huge um, third world immigrant population to be living in Poland, at least. I know that there's a lot of, mm -hmm. I've heard there's a lot of Arabs in the big cities in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, but they, I mean, as far as coming here, mostly I've, I've basically only seen like ethnic Ukrainians so far. Okay. Yeah. So that's okay. So let's, let's kind of clarify. So you personally, you know, you're seeing some ethnic Ukrainians, but there's obviously, you know, videos and, and pictures shuffling around, like, where are the Ukrainians? And, um, you know, I guess we'll learn more over the coming weeks and months and how all this is going to work out. So sure. let me ask you this. So I, I, you know, um, I don't know how much, you know, historical knowledge you have, um, about like the whole Ukrainian and Russian conflict and, back and forth. And it seems like it's, you know, it's like a buffer state between East and West. 
mm. kind of caught in this tug of war where you have, you know, it's historically Russian. Um, but then, you know, after the fall of the USSR, you've got a lot of Western interests that have been rapaciously profiteering off of Ukraine and its resources. And it's kind of been used to, uh, we just, our prior guest, Max Morton, was talking about how you would have um, you know, a lot of, this is basically how it works. Um, you know, Western tax dollars that are being used via, um, you know, loans and, um, you know, gifting monies to the Ukraine. And those monies go to NGOs that are run by corrupt people. You know, this is like billions and billions of dollars. And then they're taking those monies and then kind of washing it and bringing it back into the West via, you know, donations to political parties, maybe, you know, houses, who knows. But it's kind of like this system that's been used to um, help the West gain a foothold. And obviously that being a buffer state and right on Russia's back door, I'm sure that's been pissing off the Russians for a while, um, you know, and, and probably rightfully so. Um, you know, I, I wonder, like, what do you think precipitated this to where Putin said, you know, kind of enough is enough. And he made this move, you know, he made this decision to invade Ukraine. You know, I, I, I don't really know exactly what it, what it is, um, but do you have any idea on why he might have decided, like, now's the time to move in? Well, I feel like a lot of people are uh, kind of taking this a bit too direct and thinking, well, now he just suddenly decided to invade Ukraine. But they forget that Ukraine has existed now for, like, I don't know how many years, but I guess at least 30 years of uh, gravitating more and more away from Russia and closer to NATO and the West and 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 Washington and all these, uh, you know, the, these kinds of people that, that basically have, you know, I've said it before on Twitter, have a deep hatred for Russia and for Putin and everything he stands for uh, and that he's not like them. Um, I think Ukraine, since it's so close to Russia, they're basically neighbors and, you know, they speak Russian in that country. It's historically been a part of Russia for, for a long time. Uh, them gravitating away from Russia and more towards the West and then the West kind of like coming closer and closer to Russia, to its borders, to Moscow with weapons, with soldiers, with rockets, all these other things that... It's basically like, uh, I saw this on Twitter, it was ba it's basically like uh, in, in the Cold War, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, where, where you had Russian missiles in Cuba that could reach Washington, D.C. in a couple of hours or minutes, I don't know. Uh, it's basically the same thing, and, and, and you know, and at the end, I don't know what people would have wanted Putin to do. I mean, this has been going on for the longest amount of time. And what was he just about to wait even more and say, okay, yeah, you guys can put soldiers in. Cause they would have just gone further and further and further and more and more and more. They wouldn't have stopped there. Um, so in my opinion, this is kind of like a necessary reaction. I mean, you, it gets to a like, kind of like a tipping point, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I don't think he had any other choice. I don't think they had any other choice than, than to do this. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that, this has happened now, and and I feel bad for the Ukrainian people. Yes, and that has to suffer because of this, because it's a shame. It's uh, you know I feel bad for them. Um, but in the end, I mean, all of these EU and NATO. When I saw this video now of all these like uh, US and and NATO politicians or whatever in the, in in the UN walking out when a when when the Russian uh, representative was making a speech on human rights or something. All of these taking this humanistic and moralistic high ground of all Putin is invading Ukraine and, and we have to do something to stop him for the people. You know, these people are fucking liars. You know, the, the, these people want, if anything, they want to see as many Ukrainians as possible die and get annihilated by Russia and post videos of them so they can become like martyrs of, uh, of their, you know, regime, which has slowly over the past... I think two years now been exposed to to the general public you know with with everything that has been going on with corona and all this so people kind of like have an understanding of who controls what and and that these people have this deep hatred for putin and just want to by any means possible see him 
see his, his image tainted, basically. And that's basically what's going on now because this is not a good look for Putin or Russia. Yeah, and I, I think it's something, too, that, um, you know, it, it's kind of open season in the West in a way. You look at how, you know, would this have happened if Donald Trump was president? I don't believe so. Yeah. I mean, and they've released transcripts now of some of the conversations that Trump had with Putin. And he said, if you move on Ukraine while I'm president, then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go after Moscow and all those beautiful golden turrets are going to be gone. And Putin was shocked that a U.S. politician would make such a bold statement like that, because let's face it. I mean, most of the diplomats are they've been they're pussies. They've been trained to be pussies. They've been praised as being pussies their entire life. And to have someone speaking that way is it's it's unpredictable it's unprecedented there hasn't been an american president that's willing to do anything like that but it was very effective in keeping the world order as what as it was and look this this world order has been decaying for a while i mean it's it, it this is not like something that just happened and so uh you know that said you know trump leaves office and you have you know someone like biden come in and you see him completely botch Afghanistan, that withdrawal. And it, it, it makes sense that Putin, if he was going to attempt to do something like this, it would come whenever you have feckless politicians in the West, people that are totally ineffective and that are all bluster, no bite. And, um, you know, it just makes sense. It's already a failure. Like the fact that Putin, this is the thing I don't think a lot of people understand, is that Putin invading Ukraine is also a failure of Western diplomacy and uh, the relationship with Russia. It's a failure that it got to that point. And so to, to place all the blame on Putin uh, for and, and, and chastising him for not pursuing his own strategic interest in the region, um, that's like a child, that's like a child's mentality, how people can think this. But you know, living in the States and seeing the media that people are consuming, you know, we've got, um, you know, it's just, it's people, you know, Ukraine should do whatever they have to do. And I'm like, guys, you know, Zelensky is being praised as this wonderful hero. And it's like, well, guys, he has run a very effective PR campaign, right? And my, if he's a good leader, he will manage this conflict in such a way that minimizes the losses of his own people, which means he will have to abdicate power and leave, right? The longer this goes on and the worse it gets, he's he's responsible as much as anyone as, as well, is my perspective. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, that that uh, that president of I mean, Zelensky is just an absolute imposter. The, the, the guy doesn't even speak Ukrainian like this is something that people don't know. He's the president of Ukraine. He doesn't even speak their language. Who wow. knows where he even is right now? You know, you're seeing on Western and, and, and West European media that. He's uh, sitting in some bunker with a translator and a and an you know an AK-47 fighting off Russians and Chechens, which is just absolutely ridiculous. You know this guy yeah. is he's he might even be in in Brooklyn right now. Like nobody knows. I don't even think he's in in, uh, in Ukraine. Uh, and you know I don't know if you just saw the video I just posted of him uh, today. This was like a a music video that he did uh, before he was president. I suppose it was like him and three other guys like wearing bikinis and high heels and uh, just doing this really just like extremely just like gay dance on tv or something that that's the president of ukraine that, that the western media wants you to believe is is defending that country against russia and putin it's it's it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous that people yeah well i mean yeah, I mean, I, my understanding, too, is that his political party attained power with 23, 28% of the vote. So, you know, the belief that this guy had, um, and again, I don't know how Ukrainians feel about him right now or what they felt, felt about him before, but I'm just saying it's just a matter of fact. You know, he had a very, you know, small percentage of people that, you know, backed his party, and I guess somehow he was able to emerge and, um, you know, and, and, and be the ruler of that country. But I mean, I, I just don't understand the anointing him as some kind of a hero whenever this conflict is in its early stages. And if he's calling on NATO and EU, like he wants, they applied for EU membership today, um, which I guess the application was accepted, which doesn't mean membership was granted, but the application was accepted. So he's in the queue now. And it's like, it's already too late for that, man. I mean, like this, this, 
I don't know if this is performative or he's trying to pull at people's heartstrings in the West and, and try to you know gather their support. But I mean, I it's just too late for that in in my view. And if he's going to bring the only if he brings other people into this, um, and we're going to supply him with with airplanes and missiles and pilots and all these other things, it's only going to make a bad situation a lot worse. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Honestly, who knows? Like these people running Washington and 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 Bell and Bel was it Brussels right now? Like these people are yeah. idiots. These people are dumb enough to go to war with Russia. Um, I believe that they are. I don't want it to happen. Hopefully, it won't happen. But I do think they're dumb enough to do it. Zelensky. Um, I mean, the people praising him on on the media. You know, it's the same people that that praise you know Greta Thunberg and 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 Justin Trudeau and and all these other idiots. You know, so. I mean, that was kind of like, I, I expected that, um, you know, hopefully, you know, people are very reactive, like the most 99% of people just like believe the first thing they see. Um, hopefully, with time, they'll slowly gravitate to our side with with, you know, the videos that that are coming out about him and you know, the, the snake mm -hmm. island line and every just like, seems like everything that the Western media has put out uh about ukraine and that ukraine is winning and 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 it's killed you know eight thousand russian russian soldiers in in the past three days or, or some shit some bullshit like this all of yeah. these are coming out as lies slowly so i do feel like there is kind of like a change in pe you know people are slowly gravitating away from 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 the whole supporting ukraine and zelensky thing uh yeah, you know it's well it's, the thing is you know, no, the yeah, thing that gets going. me and, you know, I, and, you know, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I've lived in America my whole life. You know, I've traveled overseas. I've, you know, been to other parts of the world and which I think is, you know, the, the short amount of time I've done that has really helped me understand that Americans have this belief that the entire world revolves around it and that everyone's reference point is America, no matter what part of the world, like America is kind of that reference point. And what you realize is people don't care in other parts nearly as much as Americans think that they do about America. Like we're not in their consciousness, like they're living their lives, they're doing their own thing, like they pay attention, but they're not consumed by it. And I've come to the conclusion that I think Americans are probably the most hopelessly indoctrinated and heavily propagandized people in the world. And there's a lot of criticism of China and Russia and censorship and all of this, but in America, people don't even realize they're swimming in this fucking soup yeah. of, uh, of, of lies and deceit and duplicitousness and misdirection. And they, they don't really understand it. And it's, 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 we have an obligation as people that are seeking truth, that are based, um, to bring this to light as much as we possibly can and help them understand that the world's like a complicated place and every, you know, countries have real interests. And it's not all motivated out of, um, you know, and I'm talking about Putin here. It's not motivated out of he's some kind of an evil dictator that wants to go, you know, he's got like, you know, small penis syndrome or something. And so he has to go. It's like a dick measuring contest. And he wants to show that he can go take Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of strategic reasons behind this that people are overlooking. And um, in America, it's thick. It's thick, Rami. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that what you said about America is absolutely correct. Uh, probably Western. Europe. I don't know if it's honestly, I've never been to, to, to America my entire life. Uh, I don't know if it's it's similar or if it's even worse than, than Western Europe, because here it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. Also, probably even worse. Uh, but yeah, that you said about China and, and, and that people think oh, about China is so much censorship and there's so much brainwashing. Well, I mean, come on, it's pretty much just as bad if not even worse here than it, than it is over there uh with the media at least yeah it is and it's on both sides and that's that's kind of you know the conclusion that i think our corner of twitter is totally on the beat and we ha we understand what's happening but mm -hmm. you know if you look whether it's whether it's left or right in america um it's different forms of propaganda but they both get everyone back to the same place which is this, this is the belief that, you know, America is uh, fighting for freedom. We're fighting for democracy and that uh, it, it's, 
you know, ultimately we're doing the right thing and the country should rally behind and, and support, you know, the decisions the government makes. And, you know, I, I think we're witnessing that right now. You know, everybody's forgotten about COVID. They forgot mm-hmm. all the bullshit that's happened the last two yeah. years. And now they're on to this Ukraine thing. And simultaneously, we're seeing mass, mask mandates drop everywhere, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports not be required anymore. And my thought is, how stupid do you people have to be to not really see what's going on here? You know, but um, I think the thing is, Rami, there's, they're so caught up in the cycle, like the spin cycle of the news, that it's hard for them to even make sense of this, right? Like, because they're just caught up. It's like they're in this, they're on this hamster wheel. It's like there's just frenzy of activity. And um, it's hard for them to move away from that and take some perspective and realize that there's something much bigger going on here. I think maybe it's like, uh, it might remind me a little bit of of when COVID started, when all that other shit started. Uh, You know, at the beginning, everyone was on board. Like 99% of people were like, you know, pro-mask, pro-mandate, pro-whatever. Then after a while, you know, more and more people you know didn't want it and and kind of like went against it and you know to the point where like open revolution and basically in canada almost you know occupying the capital in france it was crazy protests as well in 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 the netherlands it was like absolutely insane what they did so i'm i don't know they were probably aware of the amount of people that were basically standing up against them this ruling class that you know we call zog or whatever whatever they mm-hmm. they are uh and now all of a sudden everything about covid has just suddenly disappeared like it doesn't even exist anymore uh and suddenly they changed the narrative to russia versus ukraine and i guarantee you 90 percent of the people that were on our side when it came to covid and all this other shit now are on the side of putin is invading ukraine and Putin is evil and, you know, the NATO and the EU need to stand against him. And, and, you know, so basically the people who, who are against this ruling fake elite of the world are now all of a sudden going back to them and, uh, going on their side because they've just switched the story of, 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 of the news basically. And it's kind of a shame because a lot of them also say, they're also like, yeah, we're against Putin and we're, you know, but we're not supporting NATO and, you know, all these other, you know, corrupt politicians of the West, which I don't think works. I don't think you can be against Putin and against that group of, of crooks at the same time by being against, I mean, by being against one of them, you're automatically supporting the other. And that's just how it works, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's basically what's going on in people's minds right now. You're seeing Ukraine yeah. everywhere. Uh, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, and, and we're seeing it here in Miami, you know, they're lighting up the buildings at night, you know, I mean, like they've got, you know, of, of the yellow and blue flag. And it's like, look, you know, I have, we have friends who are Ukrainian, wonderful people. And again, I just, my goal is, you know, minimization of losses. Like we don't want to see people get pulled into something that's an unwinnable battle and it's going to be just bodies everywhere. And, and, you know, a country that's going to be a 10 or 20 year project to get, you know, get back to where they were uh, before this whole thing started, you know, you don't want to see that kind of thing happen. But I think it's something like, you know, the David and Goliath story. This is not it. This is not going to, this is not going to be a David and Goliath type outcome. People need to understand that. And again, you know, it's not just Putin. It's, um, you know, both sides are culpable and there's real reasons, but that requires nuance, that requires research, that requires some contrarian thinking and not just accepting the party line, right? Not just taking things at face value, which I think probably 80% of people do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially, I mean, I can understand, I wrote a couple of posts on this. I can understand, especially the, the Eastern Europeans and especially Ukrainians right now who mm. either support us or have similar ideas to us and kind of on our, our on our side who are now taking a stance against putin and condemning him and calling him a war criminal you know going full pro-ukraine especially the young ukrainian men uh i'm seeing this from which 
I understand, like I've said this before, I understand them. Like they have this kind of like desire, this, this in drive to, to defend the homeland against, against an outside invader, which, which is completely understandable. But um, what they have to understand is that the people who, who are supporting them and who pretend to be on their side and against Putin uh, want nothing less than to see them absolutely annihilated by Putin and just destroyed just so they can parade their bodies and, and, and say, look what an evil dictator Putin is, and then they can come in place. And if they don't understand that, you know, Putin, for all his faults, for all, you know, I'm not a full Putin supporter. I'm pro pretty sure, I don't know if, 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 if anyone on our side really fully supports Putin. I don't think they, they completely do because, you know, he's corrupt and all this other, you know, he has a lot of faults, but yeah, for that's how Russia works though. But yeah. Yeah. For all of his faults, for all of his faults, he still, he isn't importing uh 3 million uh africans and middle easterns to his country to replace the population he isn't uh forcing people to accept transgenderism and and homosexuality he isn't uh taking custody of people's children if they don't if their parents don't allow them to to inject them with with crazy estrogens and and you know he's not allowing you know gmos or or, or banned in russia you know so right. For all of his faults, I do truly believe that Putin is a leader who is patriotic towards his own people, and uh, you know he's he's he supports his country, and he has he has true desire to actually help the people of his country uh, to 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 the opposite of you know people in Washington and Brussels and all of these who who want nothing less than to just enslave everyone, replace the population and just basically turn us into, uh, you know, bug eating, uh, slaves. Yeah, and that's exactly what they want to do. And believe me, if they could bring in some kind of a mercenary occupying force to like take out Trump supporters yeah. or people that don't think like they do, believe me, they would. I mean, wow. this is, this is, yeah. I mean like they, they, and I lived in Dallas, you know, uh, for four years and I was there whenever that whole thing happened. And, busting out windows i was actually you know at a hotel party and there were like rioters on the street looters van, you know vandals that were breaking shit and um you know they had to like dis, dis deploy tear gas and i remember i got tear gas for the first time never had it happen i was like what the hell is this i was like standing on a balcony outside and i had to go in I'm like this is like crazy shit and you just see the van like breaking all the windows and whole foods i mean it was a crazy crazy time it was lawlessness yeah. And I remember like, you know, I've got my, my lady who's like, you know, comes from Lebanon, mm -hmm. 15 year civil war. I mean, like tribalism to the max yet somehow everybody kind of gets along. That's the crazy thing about Lebanon. People actually really like each other, um, day to day, you know, there's, there's something about being Lebanese. It's very special and unique, but mm -hmm. that's another conversation. But, you know, she sees all of this going on and she's looking at me like, this is your country. And I remember, um, Oh, this is funny, Ron. So I guess I'm going down was memory that, lane. Was that the first time she had come to to the United States, or uh... no? She had, she had been here. She had come a couple of times. Yeah. Um, she's a pelvic floor physical therapist, and so she did like an internship here, and actually was offered a job and decided she didn't want to live in the U.S. because she didn't like the quality of living and how people worked. Mm -hmm. They basically just you know the system enslaves them and treats them like shit, and then. Um, they don't really have any life outside of that. And so she's like, I don't, I'm not going to give up my quality of living in Lebanon to come to the States. And, uh, you know, we met while she was here on a, on a, on a trip, on a trip. And, um, next thing I know, I was going to Lebanon like a month later for the first time. And that's how, I guess that's how great she was. So I went over there and I got to see the country and meet her family. And I was like, this is an amazing place. Like, this is real history. Like this is over 7,000 years of history. And it's like, She's Maronite and she has friends that are Sunni and Shia and Druze and, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool. Like there's a certain harmony amongst the madness, if that makes any sense that exists in Lebanon. And, um, I just fell in love with the country. I've been there three times. And mm -hmm. so I, I just, here's what I want to, when I come back to is that I would see things in Lebanon and I would say, like, I remember they had an election back in maybe 2018. Uh, maybe late 2017, maybe late 2017. Anyway, I forget. I think it was in 2017 is when it was. 
and um, the voter turnout was like 48%. And I said, well, babe, why don't you guys vote in elections? Like, you don't like your leadership. The politicians no. are so terrible. Why don't you vote? And she said, are, are you stupid? She goes, they'll cheat, Alex. They can buy votes. They pay, give people $100 and they give them their vote. Like, they just buy votes off the street. Yeah. And then there's all these videos circulating in Lebanon of, like, boxes of ballots going in cars, being thrown into dumpsters. There's all this corruption. And I said, and, and I was like, okay, now I get it. And she said, oh, shit. Okay, over here we are. And she said, um, you know, this can happen in America, too. And I said, what? <laughs> you know, this is in America? And then I remember, like, we'll fast forward here. I remember when COVID happened. And this is before the 2020 election in America. And um, she heard the phrase mail-in ballots. And she goes, what are mail-in ballots? And I said, well, it's whenever you they mail you a ballot to your address. And then she goes, oh, well, Biden's going to win. Yeah. And I said, what? She said, You're, she goes, you guys are so stupid. Like, you don't understand the game that's being played here. She goes, they're just going to get the ballots, Alex. And so I'm sitting here thinking like, thinking maybe this was possible, but horrified that she would make that observation, you know? Um, and of course it, it, that, that did come to pass. Yeah. And so I look at, um, you know, the things that have happened in, you know, third world countries that, you know, Americans have kind of looked down on or frowned on or so that's not great. Well, it's taking place here now, like that kind of corruption at the highest level. It's, it's right, right out, right out in the open, you know, it's brazen. And, um, I think Americans, Hopefully the scales are falling off their eyes now and they're starting to realize that we have a group of elites that are um, not accountable at all to the American people, you know, and they can and they will find ways to stay in power. And it not only affects us, but it affects the whole world. It affects Europe. It affects Asia. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, the question is, what can we do about it? You know, that's kind of what I come back to. Like, we know this is what's going on. What can we really do about it? Yeah. I mean, in the, in the long run, uh, for now, you know, the whole 2020 election thing, um, I think if Trump had somehow found a way, found a way to win and, and, and he would have still been president today, our position at least uh would have been a little bit more comfortable we would have a little bit more breathing room uh but i don't think that it would have probably given america and the west 40 50 years extra life but i honestly i don't want i'm not one of those people who just want you know the west to collapse and you know whole system restart so we can implement our order because that's i don't think that's how it works but uh, I don't think that the situation in the West is stable at all. And what you're seeing now from Russia is I think that this kind of like world peace, you could kind of call it, people called it the Pax Americana, where uh, yeah. where you have this kind of like, uh, you know, period of world history where, where America was kind of like uh, policing everyone with their military and nobody was, uh, you know, geopolitics was kind of locked. People weren't really countries weren't really daring to go against each other like they like they are now in Russia which is why a lot of people are saying now this thing that's happening in Russia has ended the Pax Americana uh so you know I don't this isn't this is this, it's not stable Wh whatever whatever this system is it's not stable it's not gonna last forever um but and it's and it's been really accelerated now that that uh Biden and that whole crew is in charge of uh America yeah, I think it was kind of a slow boil, you know, the frog in the pot where you just get kind of used to it and eventually he's dead. Yeah. And I think Trump really shook that whole thing up and they realized like, wait a second, there is some kind of a populist uprising. There is like a, the people are willing to take a risk on somebody like this and we don't have as much control. And then throughout his presidency and, you know, ultimately into Biden, they did everything they can they could to systematically undermine him and the people that voted for him. And so now the situation is actually, you know, to your point, it's much worse um, than if you might have had maybe Hillary Clinton or somebody else. It would just things would have been business as usual, kind of the slow drip Chinese water torture kind of thing that you don't like it, but you're still. But now we're kind of being flung, we're you know, into the future and things are on fast forward. And it's just kind of things are happening at breakneck speed now. And 
So I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, because when we look at Western media, it looks like Russia is totally isolated. This is this is the perspective we get. Russia is totally isolated. Um, Putin looks desperate. He's begging the oligarchs to continue to support him. Um, he doesn't have any recourse. He's been cut off swift. Um, you know, the Russian oligarchs are having assets frozen. They're having to move their huge yachts, you know, out of the playgrounds of America's and like Western Europe, you know, like Monaco is, is doing, you know, there's all like, it's just the headlines are constant of Russia's becoming increasingly isolated. Right. But what I also see happening is the Russian gas company, Gazprom just signed the biggest deal ever for natural gas with China mm -hmm. just happened in the last couple of days. Yeah. Mexico just said, we are not going to participate in this discussion and to pick a side. Brazil, Bolsonaro said the same thing. Um, and, and there's, I think there's some countries in the Middle East as well. And so the thing that I'm coming back to is, you know, the West for all of its power is only eight or 900 million people on, on a planet of 7 billion people. And Russia does have partners. Yeah. Regardless of what happens in Ukraine, like how bad it gets, Russia is resource rich and there are going to be partners that are that are there and that will be emerging that are going to change this entire world order in ways that I don't think a lot of people can really appreciate. What do you think about that? I think a good example of that would be if you look at the Middle East, uh, if you would watch, I mean, watch Western media, you would you would not, ex it, it would kind of like mislead you away from what's actually going on or how people actually feel in the Middle East, especially the Christians uh, in Syria and Lebanon. Because, I mean, Putin, I mean, basically, uh, most of the Christians in, in, in Syria and Lebanon, I, I can't speak for all of them because there are a lot of liberal Christians uh, there. Which is yeah, there they are. I, I, I run into them and they need, they need their head slapped. Jesus but anyway. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, th those people have a very high, you know, and I'm not saying he did it because when he wanted to help them, but they have a very high respect and a very, you know, they're very grateful to Putin and the Russians for, for basically intervening in that whole conflict and, basically saving them from from absolute annihilation by the Sunni Muslims uh, with, with that whole conflict. And Assad, uh, who's basically, I mean, you could, he's basically the official leader of Syria right now, uh, mm -hmm. still after, you know, ISIS and, and United States and, and NATO allies uh, tried to just absolutely annihilate him and take him out. But, you know, uh, the reason for why a lot of Christians still are alive in 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 Syria is pretty much because of Putin and what he did, and that's a pretty much a good example of the truth and how it actually is. But if you watch Western media, you'll think that Syria is just this like ground zero of ISIS, and all the Christians are dead. Uh, they hate Assad. He uses chemical weapons on his people. You know, all this, all the bullshit that they that they talked about. So it is insane how much um, how much they like lie about Russia and how isolated they are. You know that people hate them or, or whatever, whatever they say. Um, it's just not. It's just simply not true. Not to the extent that they say it anyway. Now, Andrew, you, you just made me think of something. I remember going to Lebanon. Um, yeah, I guess this is in twenty seventeen. I went the first two times I went. And I remember, um, you know, my dad knew I met this Lebanese woman that I liked a lot. And um, he asked me, he said, hey, you're not thinking about going to Lebanon, are you? And I said, well, I don't, I'm, I'm considering it. Yeah. He said, well, they're going to cut your fucking head off. And I said, well, I, you know, I hope they use the sharpest blade they can find. You know, because ISIS was very prominent in Syria at that time. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were right there on the border of Lebanon. And I did all my research and I realized like, okay. And I talked to her. I mean, like, she's like, no, ISIS isn't here. You don't have anything to worry about. They call it Daesh, Daesh, yeah. whatever, Daesh. Uh, they're not here. And, of course, I end up learning that Hezbollah was the reason why ISIS did not come into Lebanon. Pretty much. Yeah. And so, like, that is something, because, you know, you're told Hezbollah is just ultimately evil terrorist organization. Everything about them is bad. But the truth is they had worked with Maronites in Lebanon to keep out ISIS. And it's something that a lot of uh, 
a lot of people in the West would have no idea that they wouldn't know that there's that. That's the thing about the West. They don't even know there's a million and a half Christians in Lebanon. They don't know anything about like the origins of Christianity being in Lebanon and Syria, really. Yeah. In Aleppo. I mean, they don't they don't know the, these kind of things. And so these alliances are very um, um, different than what people would expect and how people come together and fight and they have common interest. And I think that's kind of hard for the Western mind to understand. And they don't really know what might have happened in Syria if, um, you know, something had happened to Assad and uh, he was displaced and what Syria might have turned into. Libya. Look at Libya. Look yeah. Libya. Or like what Iraq did because we, you know, yeah. because of what happened with Saddam. I mean, you know, Syria is for all of its issues. It is a country. And Iraq is not a country anymore. No. And Libya is not a country anymore. Right. <laughs> Um, the, the thing you said about Hezbollah, uh, which, which is funny if you actually look and I'm not a full, I'm Lebanese, you know, my, my family originally are Shia, uh, my father's family, at least my mother is, is Druze. Okay. Um, but if you look, if you Google Hezbollah, uh, it will come up as a terrorist, I believe on Wiki, I don't know where, but on Google, basically it will come up as a terrorist organization. Basically yeah. the same title that they give to ISIS and to, you know, Al-Qaeda and all those other groups. Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, the only reason why ISIS hadn't, hasn't, you know, basically conquered Lebanon and slaughtered all of the Christians in Lebanon and Syria is because of Hezbollah, the supposed Islamic terrorist group, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, at least in Lebanon, uh, you know, Hezbollah aren't perfect and to some extent they are certain areas that they control are pretty fucked up and uh some people would even argue that they're ruining the country i don't know if i would go that far but it is it is uh they're not like perfect by any means but they did die in syria this is supposed islamic uh terrorist group that people call it it died in syria protecting christian churches uh while you know the, the 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 supposed christians of uh you know in the west in canada and whatever it is uh, just criticize them while doing nothing. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't. They don't have a clue. Um, no. That's 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 the bottom line. And <laughs> if you try to have this conversation with them, their eyes will just glaze over, and they're kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, let's talk about let's talk about uh, like football or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the more whenever you really get into like you know Middle Eastern history and like the political alignments and all this stuff, it's um, it's extremely complicated. And it really depends on who you talk to, um, and 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 many because many people have different versions on this is the way it should be, and they all sound very convincing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen, man. Um, you know, we really appreciate you joining us. Is there anything else on your mind you want to talk about? Uh, nah, I'm just I'm happy to finally have met you. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, she posts on Twitter is really, I even wrote to you. There was a period where I, ha I had been banned for, you know, for like, yeah. So what happened with that real quick? Yeah. yeah I was banned on Twitter for seven days for, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was that video. It was that video. I don't know if you saw it of that woman, that Christian woman, uh, not Christian, the, the Canadian, the Canadian or American comedian that she was like making fun of how Jesus was, you know, protecting her. She was kind of, uh, from the, from COVID uh and she fell over yeah she, she yeah yeah three yeah. seconds after she made that joke yeah she was blaspheming uh yeah, yeah she yeah. was blaspheming uh yeah and then she ended up hitting her and i guess now she she's just gotten her like booster shot yeah i think she went on the news now and said that she's not going to get the the fourth shot her second <laughs> booster it's like no shit you think you know i mean <laughs> yeah. so you posted the video and what happened I retweeted it and uh, I wrote some shit about her uh, and either someone, a lot of people must have reported me or something. And uh, I got banned for, for seven days from Twitter. Yeah. Just Your account post, you post a lot of good shit. A lot of, um, I don't want to say like based Manosphere stuff, but like hardcore based shit that needs to be put out there. Yeah. So, you know. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, we've, we've got a good corner of guys. And that's what's so cool about it is that, you know, you're here in Poland you know, guy from Sweden, you know, Lebanese descent. And then you've got, you know, this white American dude in Miami. And um, we all have kind of, we have all these things in common with each other. Yeah. And we have yeah. similar views and it's, it's, 
I really want us to make something of it. I don't know exactly, you know, that's kind of what the base brotherhood is, is that I want to bring together like minds and link everybody. And, you know, we've only been doing this now recording content for about a month, month and a half or so. And we've yeah. had some really good people come on. We're going to get more and more good people, good guests. Um, you know, everybody's, everybody's based at varying degrees. I mean, some people are super duper based. Of course, if you're really, really fucking based, you won't be able to like put any of this stuff out in like YouTube. You know what I mean? If we really get into like the nitty gritty of some topics, we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be persona non grata. And so we'll have to have those conversations offline, but it's been fun getting to know people that like I consider friends and that I hope that I meet, you know, hope that we, our paths cross one day, whether it's in America or in Poland or in Lebanon. I hope so. You know, uh, it's actually, you know, finding this, this corner of Twitter and, uh, you know, kind of like collecting all of, all of these, all of us kind of together and, 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 you know, just finding each other, you know, like you said, you're a dude in Miami. I'm a Lebanese dude in Poland. Like who the fuck yeah. would have thought that we had this much in common? And, uh, you know, a lot of other people as well. So I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that, that we found each other and, and, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's definitely like one of the best things that's ever happened to me because, uh, you know, for my whole life I was living among just absolute retards. Um, Clowns. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's fantastic. It's absolutely great. Yeah, it's cool. I think what it is, is that masculinity is in short supply these days, like genuine masculinity, questioning authority, questioning the popular narrative is just, you know, a lot of my historical friendships have changed the last couple of years since COVID. And I found some really good people on Twitter. And of course, Miami's pretty based and meeting people here. And like my whole like group of people that I associate with is, is different. And it's taking me to higher levels. And that's what we all need to do together is help each other get to that next level. Man, Miami seems like a great place, man. I really want to go there. I might, I might actually, I might think about, I might start planning a trip there. I don't know. You know, you've got a place to stay, and there's plenty of cool guys here that are all in our sphere. Like Logan Fitz lives in Brickell. Um, yeah, he just, uh, he just followed me. I think yesterday or something. It was, uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool guy. And we actually have the Bitcoin conference coming up in like second weekend of April. Is going to be, I think, yeah, I think it's like the second full weekend of April. We're going to have the Bitcoin conference here. So we'll have a lot of cool people come in town. We'll get good content. But listen, look at flights. Make some plans, brother. You got a place to stay. So uh, I'll look into it. I'm really I'm as long as they drop the vaccine bullshit. You know, like I don't know your status, but they've got a. I, I think America is still requiring. Of course, there's ways we can. There's ways to get around it. You know, there's always you know. Yeah, I, I know a few ways to get around it. I know a few ways to get okay. around it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, hey, well, uh, Dr. Invictus, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, really appreciate your time, and Great. we'll talk soon, man. We will. Thank you so much, my friend.